Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we are brought to you by, in this segment, Noble Gold. And as the economy collapses, you have two decisions. You can stay status quo and lose everything, or you can diversify and have most of your assets get through this. It's up to you. And Noble Gold will give you the choice, like they gave me the choice. I used to be an advertiser only, and I saw all the good they were doing. I said, i got to talk to these people, and I'm glad I did. I've been a customer four times over. You need to do the same thing as I did. If you have assets to protect, you owe it to yourself right now to talk to Noble Gold. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. But we have... uh, the latest installment today of the Doug and Dave Intel Report, and we have Doug Thornton, formerly AKA Wrecker, uh, formerly DHS agent, and he is here with us today, and we're sitting on the uh, cusp of what we think is the uh, Rittenhouse verdict, but we wanted to say this. We're recording a, um, less than 24 hours in advance of when this will air, and depending on when you hear it, it could be about 30 hours. Uh, depending on when our affiliates pick this up. So, the verdict may be, uh, let's put it this way, the verdict may be in, uh, and it'll sound like this conversation is partially outdated, but we're going to be getting into things too that really kind of supersede any verdict of Kyle Rittenhouse. And before we join Doug, I just want to say this, and I'm going to say this to you jurors. You jurors are the reason America's in the position we are. It's people like you. They don't have the intestinal fortitude to act like men, to stand up for principles, follow the rule of law. This decision should have been made within an hour of deliberation. And that that says it would have taken about 55 minutes to walk to and from the jury room. This case was decided on its merits clearly in the trial itself. You saw how the prosecutor cheated, not once, not twice, but three times. You saw the man on video point the gun at Rittenhouse before he got shot. What more do you need to see? Oh, I'm afraid someone might do something to me. Well, then move to Mexico, where this is how people live constantly, in fear of the cartel, in fear of a criminal government. You do not belong in America, and I mean that sincerely. You lack the balls to do what's right. And you make me sick. Your city makes me sick. Your police department makes me sick. Welcome to communism. And when you people don't have anything, as Klaus Schwab ordered, when you people have zero bank accounts, when you have zero any personal possessions and no rights, and some of you begin to disappear, courtesy of the new American KGB headed by Merrick Garland, we call the DOJ, we can trace it right here to people who lack the balls to do the right thing in a simple jury proceeding. So that's my commentary for the day. And I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what the verdict is. This should have been over in the first hour. Doug, welcome to the show. I'm fired up. You know, and I I told a bunch of young men the other day too, who showed some lack of uh, intestinal resolve. I said, you better hope you never go to war with China. You'll get your ass kicked. Well, it's funny because for the last three days on on my radio show, that's what I've been talking about. 
And I mentioned a lot of this uh, for about an hour last night. I went off on the Kyle Rittenhouse case and how I think it's it's a very pivotal case mm-hmm. uh, for Americans because we are all on trial with Kyle Rittenhouse right now. And this is a trial for your right to self-defense. Riots are coming. Antifa is not slowing down. The Democrats are not going to stop with what they're doing. But we know that the Wisconsin-Kenosha episode is still very much the future of America. And your right to defend yourself is what's on trial. Now, let's let's turn the tables here. What if it was a black man who was defending his business and decided to shoot three white felons? Would anybody care? No. Uh, Probably not, but I will tell you this. This is the in, insanity of it all. The people who were shot, and righteously so, under self-defense laws, both biblical and legal, were white. The mm-hmm. shooter is white. The judge is white. The prosecutor and defense attorneys are white. Who the hell is Black Lives Matter to come in and start talking their BS racism nonsense where they find racism in the wallpaper. So you got you got to understand that within the makings of BLM and especially Antifa, they Antifa is a hard left uh, enforcer of communism, American communism. I'm going to start defining it that way too, American communism. And then BLM is the lynch mob of the American communism. So for the longest time, one group did not show up without the other. The violent wing of American communism is Antifa. The propaganda and the domestic disturbance was BLM. And BLM would also be the one that would start all the protests, all the marches, and gather all the resources from the cities or state or federally to focus on them, which allows Antifa to break off into smaller groups. And then they would start their little mayhem journey. Uh, This may be still into effect, but previously before I had quit DHS and I was still being deployed to Portland, the last time I was there, I was uh, operational command as a uh, tactical commander. And while we were on the ground, we were watching the BLM uh, supporters and we were watching Antifa. And you could tell that there was a divide amongst the crowds and BLM was actually fighting uh, Antifa and, and physically removing them from their protests because Antifa would go too violent, too fast. And then what Antifa would do is they'd start spray painting Black Lives Matter all over everything. And then you have, you know, uh, unfortunately, people who think that Black Lives Matter is like an actual movement for black rights would then come out there and say, hey, you can't be doing that. you're, You're making me look bad now. Well, just in case you don't know this, if you do attend Black Lives Matter rallies, you do look bad because it is nothing but a bunch of hostility, a bunch of aggression, misplaced aggression. And you're, you're getting mad at the wrong group of people. 
if you want to get really mad at the right group of people, go visit your politicians. And I'll leave that at that. But that's what we were seeing. So, uh, and Black Lives Matter still hated us. That's fine. Uh, hated us in law enforcement. But there was a clear divide. So I would like to see now, because, you know, we have a live feed going on watching the Kenosha trial. And there are Black Lives Matter supporters with the African flag and, you know, raising their fists and all that cool stuff. So if they're there, Antifa is there. Uh, the one does not go without the other. But let's see by tonight whose side they're on. Because if we have a guilty verdict, I promise you the riots will start. Now, we thought this was going to happen two days ago. Well, everything got delayed because of court proceedings and then the jurors' verdicts, so that's fine. Uh, I would say to make sure that you say a prayer for Kyle and his family and uh, you know, keep him and his family in your prayers. Uh, and may God bless him and keep him and protect him, but uh, our cities are not going to be protected from what's going to come. If Kyle Rittenhouse gets the clear verdict of being... Uh, released, set free, not found guilty. Maybe it'll be a mistrial of prejudice, but I doubt that. I think that's off the table right now because the judge has had every opportunity to do it, and he didn't. Yesterday, during the proceedings, it almost seemed like he was going to because they were talking about the FBI footage that the prosecutor was hiding, withheld from defense, that would actually uh, make Kyle look good. And the judge absconded them again for like the fifth time during this trial, but yet he didn't go through with it. So I don't want to say anything about the judge. I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I've only gone to court a couple times, but I can tell you this. Uh, the judge seems to know what he's doing. He seems to have an intent for why he's doing it. Whether you like it or I like it is irrelevant because the judge is going to be the one that makes the call. I think the prosecutor should be in jail. I think his big fat friend should be in jail. And I think uh, the defense attorneys have already won this case, but because the amount of death threats, because the amount of interruption, because there's already been photography of the jurors, I think the judge wants this all to come out. And, and I say this personally, I think the judge wants this all to bleed out so that there is absolutely no question of the system because this judge knows more than likely there'll be a civil rights case after this. You mean the feds will come in? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Mer uh, I mean, just look at... Just look How at is this civil rights when they're all white? There's the BS of it again. You know, even with a lot of the civil rights cases, there's not a lot real good, clear definition unless it's something egregious or racial. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they try to make it out of. And the, a lot of this also is to be blamed by poor media who has affixed Kyle as a white supremacist, which he's not, obviously. He's just a 17-year-old kid going out there and protecting Kenosha when the adults should have been. But that's just the left is going to use every tool necessary in order to stop this. It's not about, they're going to do their best to bury Kyle, yes, but that's not what it's about. It's about stopping the movement, because we can't have more Kyle Rittenhouses, because that's what they think, and accurately so, 
that if Kyle is acquitted, these riots will be met by more Kyle Rittenhouses. So that's going to delay the tactics of effectively destroying the beginning parts of this country right now for this uh, this mission that they're on. It, it is to completely flip America and destroy it, but they want the rioters to do it for the most part, destroy the cities, get the people stirred up so that we have that cool civil war everyone keeps talking about. But that's not going to happen if this kid gets acquitted because more people will come out with guns and less Antifa and BLM will show up and less rioting will happen. Um, I'm hoping that eventually, when Kyle is acquitted, that the Kenosha law enforcement will come out in support of him like they were originally. Uh, I know politically there's a reason why they can't talk, but, and I lay a lot of blame on law enforcement, but ladies and gentlemen, this is political. This is not law enforcement. This is all political. Yes, law enforcement should have belayed anything that the mayor or the police chief or anybody says and went out and done their jobs. Gotcha. However, you have to understand, people have careers, they have retirements, and they think about that most of the time before they think about going and putting out a fire on a car. Uh, and that's sad. That's not the way it should be. That's not the way me and my boys operated. But I digress. That is what happened. So we'll see if it happens again, Dave. Yeah, well, I think it's going to definitely uh, happen again. But again, we need to beat the drum in the media that this is um, an event that involved 100% white people. 100%. Now, there is one caveat that Black Lives Matter is trying to throw in since they try to make everything in the world racist, is they're saying, well, he'd be convicted if uh, he were he were black. Well, first of all, there's not even a verdict yet. Second of all, uh, this trial would have already ended with a mistrial with prejudice, I believe, if Kyle Rittenhouse was black because his rights have been so egregiously uh, interfered with. Uh, for example, he remained silent when he first gave himself up for arrest. Remember, he volunteered arrest. They didn't have to go look for him. And so he gave himself the right to avoid self-incrimination. And the prosecutor, against judge's orders, attacked that. And, 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 that, and the judge had already given the order. This is why I'm saying I don't like the judge. The judge lacks character. He lacks, uh, the judge lacks intestinal resolve because that prosecutor at that single point in time shouldn't have been yelled at. He should have been fined and put in jail for a day for contempt. And listen, any other court proceeding I'm aware of where if a prosecutor disobeys a judge, he's, he's, he's toast and he should have been taken off the case. And in most venues, that's exactly what would have happened. And then we go withholding evidence. Now we're into criminal intent criminal intent how do you right there that moment say this trial's over with prejudice over you obviously don't have a case or you wouldn't have to be doing this yet somehow black lives matter sees this as racism when it's no more than legal maneuvering that is unconstitutional so doug that's i'll tell you black lives matter no credibility they had the leader on i forgot one of the talk shows for fox might have been I don't think it was Tucker, but it was one of the talk show hosts. And they asked the Black Lives Matter from New York leader. He said, they said, 
will you disavow the use of violence and get up and walked off the set? Right there, you destroy your credibility. This organization is not about civil rights. It's about Marxism. It's about power. It's about enriching oneself. One of the founders, two founders of Black Lives Matter lives in multiple mansions getting rich at the, uh, shall we say, the misfortune of some conflicts in our society. So, Doug, that's how I see this. Black Lives Matter, you have no credibility. You're not Martin Luther King. You're not the NAACP. You're just a bunch of Marxist thugs. That's correct, and they hijacked that movement. Um, they completely hijacked it, and so because of that, they want to gain more popularity by throwing out the names uh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, mm. um, Luther King Jr., but that's not what they are. They're they're deeply funded in hate and racial bigotry. They're deeply funded in radicalism, and uh, they they are devout Marxist. They're devout Marxist. I know uh, the creators of it were, and uh, there's a lot of witchcraft that is involved in witchcraft-like rituals that are also involved. So all you people who want to go out to Black Lives Matter, have fun. Have fun. Uh, knock your socks off. Good luck bringing back to your house whatever spiritual energy that you've conjured while you're there. But I'll tell you this much, man. Merrick Garland has failed us uh, by not talking to the Attorney General of Wisconsin and telling these prosecutors you violated law and you will be prosecuted for it and yanking them off the case immediately yanking them out of the courtroom and off the case. It wasn't done, but Wisconsin's also very democratic. So we always see these problems in democratic held strongholds. Um, I said this before and I'll say it again. You would not see a Kenosha in my home state of Texas. Not gonna happen. In, my, in the town that I live in, we had a Black Lives Matter rally uh, at our courthouse because we have a um, a rebel soldier uh, statue as a memorial soldier uh, a, a memorial statue excuse me and they showed up from Dallas from Austin from Fort Worth wanting to tell our city council to take it down and they traveled all over the area doing that because you know the Confederacy was in the south whatever and you know what they were met by? They were met by almost 3,000 people in my town with guns and on horses. And that type of uh, resolve in our community has spread. It's in, uh, We saw it in Colorado. We saw it in uh, Montana and Idaho. We saw it in Wyoming. And it's a lot of the good old boy states are not allowing this. But any place where there is a Democratic stronghold like Dallas, during the time that this happened here at my hometown in Dallas, they were rioting, rioted for about a week. And in all actuality, it lasted two days. And by two days, I mean like maybe 18 hours worth of rioting because our guys showed up. Dallas PD was there. Dallas County was there. Tarrant County was there. And then we had the state troopers show up, the game warden show up. We had a game warden that drove from Shreveport which is 200 miles away to come play in Dallas. And we shut that city down and we divided the crowd, made arrests, and we didn't ever have a problem ever since. And that's the way you have to go about it as law enforcement. 
you're out there to be officer friendly. You're out there to to show everybody that you're protecting the community. But when the evil marauding horde shows up, if you, I'm sorry, I almost just cussed. If you freaking walk with them and kneel with them, take your badge off, give me your gun belt, and then go play with them because you joined solidarity with communism and with terrorists. And I don't care what movement they claim to be a part of. There, There is no real movement except for to destroy America. And that has been in their manifesto. I've been to hundreds of these rallies. I've been to hundreds of these protests. And I've been to multiple hundreds of these riots. This is not about a political movement. It's about a Marxist uprising. And Kenosha right now could be another stepping stone for them if it's a win. And if it's a loss, they'll pout, they'll riot, they'll cry home to their mommy, and at 2 in the morning they'll have to call their grandma to come pick them up. But I'm telling you right now, we're going to see riots that will happen. And I'll, I'll say this, Dave. If, they, if Antifa goes through with having riots across the entire U.S., that's going to be interesting because prior to me quitting, Antifa had lost so much steam because they had lost so much funding because the Democrats had won the presidency. George Soros wasn't paying them anymore. Let's see if they still come out because then that money tree has to be regrowing itself. <laughs> yeah, the, mon- the money tree has to be regrown. That's exactly what it is. But here's the other thing that we're not talking about. The DOJ and the FBI are giving, I believe, I know they're giving indirect support to these uh, criminal organizations, but they've got to be giving uh, other support too. Can you address that? What what role the FBI and or the DOJ plays in supporting Black Lives Matter, uh, either operations or personnel, and the same with Antifa? Well, so this is a tricky question. From the field, on the streets, where we were, where where our team operated at, when we worked with FBI, they were doing surveillance. And I will not get into how they do surveillance or how it was conducted, but they would do surveillance. And we would be fed intel from them, and every day we would talk. And, uh, you know, we never had an issue until one day we had one actual significant issue that involved multiple IEDs being found on uh, one person. And then that person was taken by a unknown agency that will not be named and was never heard of again. And we never knew of anything of the charges. Uh, so I don't know how much these street level agents uh, are playing into this, but let's caveat to the upper echelon. The upper echelon of FBI is obviously helping the left, is obviously taking sides with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, radical Islamists with radical uh, democratic ties. Because if they claim that they have it, then why have they gone after everyone that is anything resembling the right? I mean, literally, the right Mm -hmm. are the people who always supported law enforcement. Yeah. Until recently, because law enforcement, for the most part, has betrayed their oath. And I don't mean every department and every officer. I mean the principles of law enforcement. 
so, I mean, obviously, the upper echelons cannot be trusted. The SES level cannot be trusted, should not be trusted. Uh, DOJ is worthless. Department of Injustice is what they are. They're completely worthless. We arrested hundreds of people and over a hundred felonious assaults against officers and they were all released with no no other charges I, I mean that's it blows my mind I dare anyone to walk up to a police officer and punch them in the face and then tell us how that went for you in court because you'll go to jail and when you have people who are directly part of a they just won't say it dave congress just won't say it they really wanted to but they would never come out and and, and declare them to be a domestic terrorist group but that is what antifa is that is exactly what blm is and their whole thing was well it's political or it's something about race and ethics no it is not and if you keep going down that road and you keep spreading that lie when they have the first suicide bomber or the first mass shooter. They already tried killing us in a courthouse, Dave. They tried setting fire to the courthouse while we were in it, and we're all breathing in smoke. Or at the uh, the ICE building that's on McAdam Street that's in Portland. They tried burning that down while we're in it multiple times. You know why? Because we made at least – we affected at least seven arrests, and those people are being prosecuted now – but we affected about seven arrests because they tried to set the, the facility on fire while we were in it. Why would you set a building on fire with people in it unless you had the intent to kill people? <laughs> this isn't criminal mischief. And that's the, the problem is they operate on criminal mischief and they hope that one or two people will spin off far enough that they would actually go out and then commit felonies. And when they were doing it, let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know the ones that actually were committing felonies that we were arresting the most of? Mentally handicapped people that the left, the Antifa, would recruit, they would befriend, and then as we're sitting there in the riot line, they would give them laser pointers and have them shine in our eyes. Well, once you start to damage the retina of an eye, that's a felony assault. So they would also give them rocks. Say, hey, see if you can hit that window up there. $1,000, that's a felony. $1,000 window break, that's a felony. So about four or five of them that we arrested within one week, they were all mentally handicapped. And we would sit there and we'd talk with them. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? And this one guy was actually a really nice kid that we had arrested. And he was severely handicapped. And I mean severely handicapped. He's telling, telling us about how in Idaho, his uncle is a lieutenant on a SWAT team. And we're like, well, why are you doing this, man? He's like, I don't know, you know, because of the George Floyd rally and because I don't like to see people get hurt. And that's when I went, oh, my God, you're preying upon the simple-minded's sympathies. And then you're turning them into your foot soldiers. That is what Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, AOC – that is what they are applauding on the streets as your homes burn down, as your businesses burn down, as people are murdered, as people are uh, severely wounded or uh, they come at you financially 
or they they put liens against your homes and against your cars. I mean, and the just pure harassment on towns for weeks at times, or the harassment intimidation that is used, the racketeering that's used from BLM alone uh, should have the FBI all over it, but they're not doing their job. They're not doing their job because they are told from the upper echelon to focus only on quote unquote right wing white supremacists. And you and I both know, Dave, anyone who was white can be labeled anything in this day and age. You do not have the ability to be found innocent before guilty anymore. That's true. That's completely thrown out of the window. No, you're exactly right. And and what we look at here, white supremacy is equated with patriotism. So if you say to Merrick Garland, you broke the law with regard to the school board harassment with federal authorities because you're protecting the profits of your son-in-law and your daughter in panorama education that create and distribute and sell critical race theory. And he should right now be under indictment for this. Um, and, and he's not. And so if me saying this, just making that statement right there, that makes me a domestic terrorist and it also makes me a white supremacist. Now, like I said, there is no logic. The Bible even addresses this. You know, up is down, down is up, evil is good, good is evil. And, and they talk about towards the end days, everything that was is turned on its ear. And this is exactly what we're seeing here. Anything is racism. Anything. And, and I'm tired of hearing it, and America needs to stand up and say no more. We reject it. By the way, I, I heard MSNBC say the other day, one of their commentators said, if everybody gets vaccinated, it will help lower racism. Can you believe that? Well, well, I also heard the same thing, that if everybody gets vaccinated, <clears throat> and if all the children get vaccinated, then that will help with overpopulation. Yeah, it will, and then people start dying off. Yeah. I, I mean, let's not get too far into the weeds of Kenosha and of Antifa and BLM, because once again, and it's something Dave and I have spoken about uh, too many times, but this is a national distraction to what is really happening in this country. They are trying to tip the forces one way for this country to begin some sort of a civil conflict. And then the Democrats can just wash their hands and go, oh, look, it must have been those evil bastards and Black Lives Matter and Antifa that started all this. And then they'll come after them and arrest all of them. Uh, that, is the, that is the end goal. That is the point. I don't believe in any of this political theater, mainly because I've lived a life into this, and I, I, I know too well the little tricks that they like to pull. And that's exactly what this is. It's a, this is another trick of the mind to try and stir everybody up. Uh, but unfortunately, people are still going to be hurt by it. Unfortunately, people are still going to take the shot. Unfortunately, people are still going to vote Democratic. You know, at that point, if that's really the way you want to live your life, if you want to go out there and support Antifa and Black Lives Matter or turn around the Constitution and destroy it or say that. I love this one, Dave. If you like the national anthem, you're a white supremacist. Okay. If that's true, 
than everyone in this country at one point in time was a white supremacist, every single race. When you come to America, it's because you want to be here. And when you're taken in by the bosom of freedom and you feel the love that this country can give you, people will embrace it. But there are people who just want to watch everything burn and laugh at it. And as long as that happens, Dave, there needs to be men who are willing to do what is necessary to not let that happen. And that, when you talk about people are missing their testicular fortitude, I was talking about that last night. That is exactly what's going on. Kenosha would not have happened had the adults come out and defended Kenosha. Kenosha would not have happened had the police done their job. Kyle Rittenhouse was failed by our country because the people did not step in because the people were too busy watching it on their phones or watching it live stream. The people were cowards that day. The day that Kyle Rittenhouse and a bunch of other guys came out there and defended property that wasn't theirs. And I don't care what anyone says, well, that's not your property. You shouldn't worry about it. Bullshit. Because that, that whole crowd could have quickly walked down the street and started attacking other people. But at least there was one group of brave people who went out there who decided to defend it. And don't let this government tell you that they're more than what they are. They're Americans who did what God gave them the ability to do and use their Second Amendment and they defended people. And the left cannot stand it. They cannot at all stand it. And they're coming after uh, the Kenosha kid right now, Kyle, because he dared showed up and he faced down their foot soldiers and he won. And that is why they're coming after him so hard. They have to make an example of him because this can't happen again. But where were the business owners? Hey, do you remember during the during the L.A. riots and the roof Koreans, that one part of Koreatown in yeah, L.A. Yeah, that yeah. nobody went to? There should be roof Koreans on every single business whenever Black Lives Matter shows up. Because if you give them the opportunity, they will burn everything down. Everything. Absolutely everything. Uh, I, Kyle Rittenhouse is a damn American hero for what he did. And I'm glad one kid who at least isn't sitting in the bathroom rubbing his genitals trying to figure out if he's a boy or girl or not actually grabbed a rifle and defended his country instead of playing on his video game or going out and smoking weed and getting high. At least this kid is aspiring to be something great. Where are all the other adults where, what happened to the men in this country who walk around so big and bad? I can fight anybody. I'm, I'm a tough guy. Where were you that night? There was three nights of rioting. Where were the adults? You know who shows up? The only adults that show up typically is law enforcement. The National Guard didn't show up. But also, unfortunately, law enforcement either wasn't allowed to do their job or just flat out didn't. I'll leave that as it is. But where was the rest of the community? You could have showed up and stopped that. And eventually, when the cities keep catching on fire, it's going to be your fault. Don't yeah. blame law enforcement. Don't blame the politicians. Chuck Schumer's not coming down there to defend anybody. And if we have another riot in Texas, I don't expect Ted Cruz to join the riot line and grab a shield and a baton. 
It's up to we, the people, to stop this. In Phoenix, we have a police chief, who, by the way, happens to be a black female, and it right weighs in here to this equation. When the cities were being burned across America, the police chief made a decision that since the governor wouldn't step in with the National Guard, and this governor is owned by Communist China here in Arizona, the, um, the police chief said, no, no, we're, we're going to stop this now. And so she deployed the police, and it was all on TV. So I got to watch it as it was going on. And uh, they acted very professionally. They had one beanbag incident where a guy got hit in the private parts and got exactly what he deserved because he was antagonizing and threatening. And they stopped the riots. And they, they didn't do anything illegal, unconstitutional, and it was an extremely reasonable use of force. Well... The DOJ comes to town, and the communist Garland, the kind of kid who, when he was a kid, he probably had his lunch money taken from him every day, such a wimp. But he he has his thugs, his stormtroopers show up. We're investigating the police chief for a violation of civil rights. Whose civil rights? Well, of course, it was Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And she didn't do anything wrong. She was praised by the city for the professional way she handled it. And she ended up with a day suspension without pay. That's the BS that we go through in this country. Well, currently what's going on right now out in front of Kenosha, as I'm watching this on a live stream, uh, there is a white guy walking around with a tan coat and a tan plate carrier with what looks to be a, uh, a rifle bag and a dog. And he's being followed around by the crowd. And he's walking around. He has a big bullhorn on his chest. And he's shouting something. But this is a type of shit that we need to stop seeing. Like, oh, we got to watch that oh, language. Here oh, sorry. This, this, is the type, this is the type of stuff we got to stop seeing. These people showing up with your rifles and with your plate carriers in broad daylight. It's morning. Or it's, it's the afternoon. There's maybe 50 people in front of this courthouse. And they're just they're talking. And I don't care what they're talking about. If they're out there protesting, that's their God-given right through the First Amendment to go and do it. But what are you doing walking around with your bullhorn and you're, you're, you're inciting people? And obviously it's zoomed in right now. That is a rifle bag that I'm looking at. And you got your dog and you're walking in and out. I, I don't – Dave, this is the type of stuff that makes me go, this guy is either a fed, this guy is either a plant – or he, he has something to do with somebody because your average, everyday, normal man should not be out there in full panoplia, in full uh, gear, with his rifle, walking around inciting any type of violence or disturbing the peace. This is absolute crazy. And you still have Antifa and Black Lives Matter that are standing on the steps. Uh, thankfully, they didn't take the bait. Uh, all they did was walk around and, and yell at the guy. But, Dave, that's the type of stuff that when you talk about, can we trust the FBI or not? This guy is what you would call the average FBI agent walking through the crowd trying to stir stuff up. Or he's an affiliate of them somehow. Remember, like, in January 6th. Yeah, I was just going to bring it up. Was, yep. yep. The guy who was chanting, burn it down, get in there and, and, and trash everything. And everyone started calling him a Fed. That is what we are seeing. 
So that's going on live right now. Uh, if that's already starting, Dave, what is going to happen at night? If if people are already bringing guns out to the party and bringing their plate carriers out to the party, what will tonight look like? Well, the only thing I can say is what tonight looks like is if the verdict comes down, and that will be probably within 24 hours of this broadcast, um, we know what's going to happen. Firebombs and every other thing. But, you know, there comes a time when if I'm in my, just like you said with the Portland uh, Federal Buildings, if I'm in my business and someone throws a firebomb into it, that's a deadly assault. And it may be time for people to say, I'm Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, I'm Spartacus. I'm mm -hmm. Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm Kyle like Rittenhouse. And you try to kill me, well, I'm taking you down. And this is what the Second Amendment was made for. A militia designed to protect the people. When the British marched on Lexington and Concord, they were coming to get the guns. And the people say, well, if you get the guns and you can do anything to us you want, so they fired on the British. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just saying it's time to fire on protesters. I was talking to you before we went on the air. I remember as a kid when they had the Watts riots, the Detroit riots, and, and I'm just a little kid. I had to ask my dad about what was really happening. And he says, oh, they have told the, uh, the uh, protesters that if they start to loot or to be violent, they will be shot on sight. And I kind of understood it. Now I understand it perfectly. This is what needs to happen here. If they attack businesses and business owners, people around the businesses, this, these are deadly assaults. They need to be shot on sight. Have you ever heard me say that? But it's self-defense. If you're trying to firebomb me, okay, or you're trying to shoot me, then you have, you put yourself in the, the day where you decided to die. Hey, Dave, how much time do we have left? We have, and I got to do another break here, so thanks for bringing that up. We got about 12 minutes. Um... I want to just um, just jump into this, ladies and gentlemen. Celeste Salam sent me a warning this morning, and she said, I'm getting indications that um, a grid takedown could be underway. And she said, you know, obviously she was cautious. She goes, it's beginning to look like, not an absolute declaration. So I wanted to say that to you, and I'm going to use that as a springboard into, do you have your storable food? You need food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. Do you have your food? Plain and simple. Or are you going to trust a government to feed you that left a thousand plus Americans behind enemy lines in Afghanistan? And in an America with this government that's deliberately causing food shortages through every action they take towards agriculture and towards the food situation, including the supply chain, they're doing things to worsen it, to make it harder and more expensive for you to get what you need. And then you have hyperinflation coming on the back end and you won't be buying anything once that fully hits. So, I ask you again, do you have your food? Two years, seeds. This is what Bob Griswold, expert, says. This is what Daisy Luther, expert, says. So if you're not there, you need to work towards that end. And at MPS, we're one of the few food companies that's still standing and operating at full capacity. Some are out of business, some can't meet demand, and I'm not bragging, I'm just saying your choices are becoming limited. And I'm not saying that we'll be standing forever either because we're subject to these market forces and these political forces as well. So you better act while the acting is good. MPS will give you 25-year shelf life, restaurant quality, 2,000 calories per person per day, and a great sale that'll be apparent to you when you go to preparewithdave.com. 
That's preparewithdave.com. And there's one more thing that I think you need in this chaos, and that's sat phones. How do we know about how many people are trapped in Afghanistan to this day? We know largely because of sat phones. Otherwise, there'd be no communication. And when cities begin to tell Biden, enough's enough, we're not going along with you on this. Go to hell. Well, what they're going to do, shut the cities down. They can do it in 30 minutes. I've seen it. I've been in Phoenix when they did it when I first moved to Phoenix. They did it in St. Paul about eight years ago. 30 minutes and your communication's taken down too. How will you communicate with your family if you're separated? Or if you're on a mountain road, right? You don't get any cell service, car breaks down, wildlife outside, what are you gonna do? You gonna walk? <laughs> I don't think so. You need a sat phone. If you can see the sky, you can make a call. And it's very, very difficult to take a sat phone down. It's not, <laughs> it's nothing to take a cell phone down. And people say, well, it must be expensive. Well, I pay one fourth the cost for my sat phone than I do for my cell phone bill. But I don't chit-chat. I'm be honest. I don't chit-chat. It's for emergencies and alerts. And we have a Galileo system where people like Steve Quayle, Mike Adams, Doug Hagman, myself, send out daily alerts about things that you need to worry about. And it comes right to your sat phone. So you won't be out of touch with regard to the news because we are pledging to you. We'll keep that service going when all hell breaks loose. So how do you find out more about this great opportunity? Call them. 855 855- 980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. And I want you to note, all three products here that we market in this show are things that I hope you won't need, but things that I fear you will need. We turned down 90% of our advertising offers here at the Common Sense Show in favor, in favor of doing this. And this, this is why I'm saying this isn't about get rich quick. This is about arming up America in various ways to stand up to this communist tyranny. And I want to say this very clearly before we go back to Doug. These people want you dead. They just can't do it all at once because they get too much pushback and the numbers are too great. But they want you dead. First, they're going to steal your resources. Then they're coming for you and yours. They want you dead. Doug, back to you. All right. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Doug and Dave Intel Report. We've covered a lot of things so far. Currently, still, there's a crowd outside of the Kenosha. I think that's a district court or it's a a state court. And uh, there are, from what I was gathering from the media, for the past three days, there have been people that will come in and out of the crowds, uh, stirring up strife, not standing around long enough to have a dialogue with people, but coming in, talking smack to people, trying to entice violence, and then walking out. That is the type of stuff that I am so used to seeing and yeah. that now my, after January 6th, my eyes were completely opened. Uh, that is what I would call your informants. That's what I would call the people who are paid uh, to go in there and to stir stuff up. Uh, but also, do not forget that with the left, they actually do pay people to do exactly what I just said. They do t- they do pay people to steer and guide protests and to fill out the crowd. And a lot of times that's, that's stuff that's paid for by, by lawyers, uh, by law firms. But th- this is something that's real and it's something that we're experiencing. So real quick, before we have to go, uh, I was a use of force instructor and I reviewed many, many, many use of force incidents from our officers. Uh, I was trained in uh, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Glencoe, Georgia. And 
one of the uh, one of the training venues that we did was you're walking as a law enforcement officer, you're walking through a park, and then you randomly see a person laying on the ground, not moving, being struck in the head with a stick by an assailant. And you have moments of seconds, moments of seconds to make that decision of whether that you can, from your range, tackle them, tase them, spray them, use your voice to get them off of you, or get them off of that person, or shooting them. Every single person that shot the assailant in that training scenario was justified for shooting it because they were able to articulate that blunt force trauma to the head by a hard object could kill somebody. I don't know how many times they'd already been hit, but when I saw it from the distance, I knew that if I ran from point A to point B where the incident was occurring, the assailant could have struck two or three more times and would have killed the victim, so I decided to shoot. Every single person that we ran through that scenario, because the officers were able to articulate why, don't forget, articulation is how you win court cases. If Because the officers were able to articulate why they decided to shoot the assailant, they all passed. Everybody else, eh, we won't talk about that. But if Kyle Rittenhouse can be judged fair and equally reasonably just like how every officer should be fared reasonably where are the standards for self-defense they're obviously a little bit different for deadly force because the gram factors don't exactly apply like it does in law enforcement we're hold to a much different standard but dave get this one of the other variable factors within the gram factors which is the umbrella that covers use of force that's used by law enforcement is how many assailants were attacking you at that time you decided to use force or deadly force. So if that applies to me as in law enforcement, why is it not being applied to Kyle Rittenhouse? Because they want an incident. They want discourse. You you know, let me answer your question this way. Okay. My first degree, undergraduate degree, was in sociology and man have I been able to put this to use when you overtake a society uh, I'll talk about the philosophy by just making this quote from Amitai Etzioni he's known as the father of modern sociology and I disagree with him on a lot of things but he's right about this he said the family can exist without the state but the state can never survive without the family in other words he's talking about what's the baseline measure of power in organization and structure in this country or any country it's the family and they're going after the family they're going after base cultural roots they're going after critical race theory turn your kids into sexual perverts at the age of six by watching very bizarre people talk about very bizarre things and they're going after parental authority with regard to the school board harassment by the DOJ and as I expand this argument here um, it, you, your fundamental right to express your opinion as an individual citizen at the base root, the family level, is being threatened. Your First Amendment rights, your Fifth Amendment rights are all being stressed. And your Tenth Amendment rights and to separate the federal government from local affairs, that's being violated every day as well, too. In other words, what they're doing is a Maoist type of cultural revolution where they're attacking America at its base roots, its family level, base civil liberties. 
because they're trying to bring in a whole new system and they have to dig up this system from the bottom up, hence the term build back better after they destroy what's here. That's right. And um, the prosecuting attorney, Binger, he violated uh, the Brady Act. Yeah. And and if you're not familiar with the Brady Act, the Brady Act means if you have evidence that uh, you need to disclose, then you should also be showing it to the defense. And that wasn't done. And uh, you can, we, you know, you can really read through the Brady Act and you can see that this guy violated law while as a practicing attorney, while trying to charge somebody for murder. Uh, and this guy is, it, like I said, he's still being used. But there's a lot of, uh, he's somebody's cousin and then the, <laughs> the detective that was overseeing the entire case had only been a detective for six months and he's also somebody's cousin in town. You know, there's a, there's a lot of hee hawing going on and there's a lot of shady stuff going on, which is to be expected. Yeah, but really. we want, we, we want to see justice for Kyle. Uh, we want to see justice for America and for our standard of living. I, I don't believe America's standard of living is just dealing with riots whenever they feel like doing it. And well, I they, think this should have been dealt with forcefully. I'm very, very serious. Um, If you're doing life-threatening things to people, you deserve to be put down like the dog that you are. Well, think about this. Would these riots have happened in China? Um, I'll just answer this in two words. Tank man. Yeah. Would these riots have happened in Putin's Russia? Uh, They'll blow up your apartment or your car. Yeah. If you're a leader. Yeah. The leader of this, Black Lives Matter of New York City would already be dead if he were in Moscow. How about Saudi Arabia? Um, I think we know the answer to that. The justice would have probably been as quick there as communist China. Well, I'm getting to something. What about Iran? Yeah, exactly. And then we got to talk about what about the end of the program. We have about 30 seconds for you to tell people how to listen to your radio show. Hey, this is Doug Thornton. You can listen to me on the Global Star Radio. I am on uh, between Monday and Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern for American Vindicta. Uh, please join me. Please join me. We I have a pretty good time on there. Uh, hopefully soon we'll be getting some guests on there. And uh, yours truly, Dave Hodges, should hopefully be there helping me to uh, you know, complain about everything in America. So, uh, Dave, thanks for having me on. Everybody, please be safe. Uh, watch what you're doing and uh, watch these crowds. Yeah, you really do. And one of the things, too, is, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize as the verdict came down between the recording and the release. And like I said, we're putting it up on our first network that will air exactly 12 hours from now. So anyway, hey, we're doing the best we can here. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you back here next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Doug, thanks, and continue good luck with your radio show. Thanks, Dave. Take care.